In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, in the midst of the Jews, finds himself being called a Samaritan with a demon. These are not play words. They are downright insults and mockery. And as the scriptures say, God is not mocked. St. Paul to the Galatians writes that the one who is taught the word ought to share all good things with the one who teaches. What God gives to us in his word is to be so implanted within us that from us also yields a harvest which we share back to God so that he may be glorified by our holy lives that honor the Father. As the instruction continues on, St. Paul is direct. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. St. Paul's point is that as we have opportunity, we are to do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Without question, the unbelieving Jews despise Jesus so much so that they dehumanize him. Their slander and calling him a Samaritan showed their utter disregard for him. When they said he had a demon, they put him even outside the household of faith. In truth, in truth, they slandered God in the flesh. Jesus is true God and true man, which he testified to in the Father's name, and soon this claim to lordship also will shake the gathered Jews to their core, readying them to pick up stones to kill Jesus as a blasphemer. But we'll get there. But for now, for now, it must be made clear that what they will reap from their hatred of Jesus is their own sinful flesh. For again, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. The harvest of the flesh is made up of the sweat of man's brow and the toil in the earth. It is a life of actual and figurative thorns and thistles. It looks like disdain for the gospel, hating your neighbor and neglecting those of the household of faith. It is having God before you and calling him a Samaritan and demon-possessed man. This hardness of heart, this hardness of heart is an unbeliever's downfall, a flaw that goes deeper than one's character. It is the soul of a person lost to themselves and whose mind and body is fleshly. How ironic then, how ironic that the Jews who verbally assaulted Jesus said to him, who do you make yourself out to be? Who do you make yourself out to be? I'm not sure they understood what they were really asking. Jesus had already told them, If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. 
To them, these are false words. And Jesus is a false prophet. He barely looks the part. Being less than the age, they considered wise and more. What's more is that the prophets that they considered listening to, well, they're all dead. So they rhetorically asked Jesus, who do you think you are? This is how our flesh corrupts us. We do not consider Jesus wise nor worth listening to. This is how we get into trouble. When we sow to our own flesh, we can only yield an image of ourselves. When we think we're the solution to our sin problem, only more sin will sprout up like the weed that it is, and nothing good can come from it. No real love for others, and no real love for those of the household of faith. I was watching a video the other day where a there was a Christian man and he was answering a bunch of questions from his atheist friend. His friend asked him, why after debating for thousands of years are we no closer to agreeing which God is real or if there is any God or gods at all? In short, the Christian's reply was to point out that there are in fact millions of gods. He even points to the first of the Ten Commandments, which says, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. The Christian simply was saying that there are other gods, but that man, man has the propensity to make up other gods to suit himself. Many gods, for sure, but one creator. Now I tell you that story to ask you this. Who do you think you are? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus says that in him is a word that if you keep it, you will not see death, but have eternal life. To keep God's word is no small task and is an impossible one at that. Your keeping of God's word is something then that must come from outside of you, given to you, a gift of grace. How wonderful it is that the Father so loved us that he gave us Jesus, the word made flesh. And with Jesus is life. The life that Jesus gives in this, his word is full of the spirit that reaps a harvest of salvation, something that was addressed last Sunday as we heard about the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings us what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross and in his resurrection. And this can now be further explained in relation to the Father who glorifies Jesus as his Son and Lord. The Father gives glory to Jesus because Jesus truly honors him. Jesus, in the midst of the Jews, finds himself calling them to see him for who he truly is. But the unbelieving world and even the Jews who are supposed to belong to the household of faith They do not see Jesus for who he truly is. 
the world, and even the Jews who, who are supposed to belong to the household of faith have dishonored the Father by disowning this Jesus, the Messiah, God in the flesh. This corruption of flesh, of the flesh, places them and any of us who despise Jesus as ones outside of salvation. A horrible, an awful, and terrible situation to be in and hardly one to revel in. Since it ought to be that we love our neighbor enough that we would share the word with them, that is, to share Jesus with them. And if all this is maybe a little bit confusing, let me make it clear. With Jesus is life, and outside of him is only death. On this Sunday, Holy Trinity Sunday, we might have expected to hear more about the inner workings of the Godhead. We might have expected an unpacking of how God is one but has three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Instead, Instead, I have purposely sought to show you how the gospel text confesses the Trinity in unity as it centers on Jesus' honor of the Father and the gift of life we receive in the Spirit. When we focus on the story, the true story, the story of salvation in Christ Jesus, it will become evident, evident, who our triune God is and how he is to be confessed as we confess him here and in this place in the liturgy and with our own lips speak a word of what we believe in the creed. Today's narrative finds Jesus speaking with gumption. He addresses the lie that he's nothing but a false prophet. He addresses the lie that he does not know the Father. His words, his words are not play words. When he says, if I were to say that I do not know the Father, I would be a liar like you. But I do know the Father, and I keep his word. You and I cannot get away with this kind of language. Calling someone a liar makes us fair game for being called out for our own lies. But Jesus isn't a liar. And he won't be mocked. What Jesus expects of you is what those liars refuse to do. To put away your man-made gods by the grace of the true triune God to trust in his word and consider your fleshly words as nothing worth repeating, to not call upon yourself or another Christian like your parents or grandparents and expect that you would receive eternal life through their faith. When the Jews elevated Father Abraham above Jesus, Jesus turned and elevated the heavenly Father, saying, Your father Abraham rejoiced, that he would see my day, he saw it and was glad. (laughs) If you blinked during that sentence, you may have missed it. Jesus effectively stated that Abraham knows that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, and you who call upon Abraham as your prophet and great earthly father ought to believe as he believed. Jesus pushed in this their final button as he openly explained and exclaimed, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Now when they heard Jesus say that, they lost it. Since they understood that when Jesus said, I am, they understood that this was his claim of being their creator, of being God in the flesh. To this end, they turned to murder Jesus. Seeing how he had called them the unbelievers and appointed himself as their Lord, the I Am. They did not want to follow Jesus. They did not want to repent. They did not want those things of the Spirit, but desired the way of the flesh. So they picked up stones to kill him. But Jesus disappears. <laughs> Jesus disappears, just vanishes before their eyes. And in a strange way, this very thing, this very thing underscores his claim for being God. Here's your gospel today. As Jesus comes to you today, you have been graced with keeping his word. This is not a work in yourself that you may boast but it is in Jesus' work within you that you may boast. Who do you make yourself out to be? Nothing. That's not a good question, really, in the first place. We may instead ask, who does your triune God make you out to be? Who does he call you? Well, everything worth boasting about. Boast in your baptism where God placed his holy name upon you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Boast in the Father who sent his Son so that the Holy Spirit would daily grant you grace and the forgiveness of sins. Boast in Jesus who died and rose for you, and you will honor the Father. Boast in Jesus, the Word made flesh, and you will keep his word through the work of the Holy Spirit. Really, when it comes down to it, the greatest gospel today is that the mystery of the Holy Trinity is attainable, but not through analogies, but rather from a confession, a confession of the Holy Word Jesus tells us to keep. When the Holy Spirit called you by the gospel, out from the comfort of St. Mattress, he gave you a liturgy here and a creed here to speak, filled within it a great and rich confession of his triune self. And indeed, you are blessed to be here. We are blessed to be here. For God dwells here, gives his gifts to you here, and in his word reveals himself to you here. Jesus said, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Here you will never see death win, and always find the triune one keeping his holy word, that you may walk in it. Amen.